This show is powered by BL3P, the Lightning-enabled European Bitcoin exchange. Connect the build. Henrik, Tork, New York. Feu is the quintessential Vietnamese dish. The word feu referring to the type of noodle used in the recipe. Flat rice noodles dance around with medium rare slivers of beef or boiled chicken in a hardly beef stock. Can we wake you up in the middle of the night for a bowl of feu? Sounds lovely. If you could turn back time, would you make sure you remain completely anonymous online? No. Do you own a pet? No. Is node management still too stressful? No. Did you attend the Oslo Freedom Forum in June? Yes. Did you buy a physical good with Bitcoin last week? Yes. Within 10 years, the Lightning Network will be used by billions of people. Definitely yes. Splicing is my favorite favorite recently added feature to Lightning. Yes. Do we see you at Bitcoin Amsterdam this October? No. Are you Satoshi Nakamoto? No. Welcome to the Connected World Weekly Podcast. I'm Edward. And I'm Steph. We are ready to take you with us into the beautiful world of the Lightning Network. Enjoy Enjoy the the ride. ride. This is episode 85 of Connect the World. And this show is made possible by BL3P, our friends uh, from the Bitcoin European uh, European Bitcoin Exchange, hosted of, um, physically in the Netherlands, but of course for uh, whole Europe and the world accessible. Thank you guys for helping us with our mission. And if you also want to help out, then uh, check our Telegram group to subscribe there and uh, or join and ask us anything. And of course, follow us on Twitter and YouTube. And of course, a donation is always welcome. Conecta el mundo. It's Henrik again. Yeah, welcome Henrik. <laughs> it's been some time, a couple of months, I guess. Me. Great to have you on the show again. <laughs> yeah, it was two months ago, right? Yeah, it was in April, I uh, think. So four months. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Henrik, it uh, feels like two years ago. Like time is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because there's so much, there's so, yeah. so many things in going the lightning on. space and also <laughs> yeah, in yeah. a bear market. Um, uh, I think uh, years are generations, really. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Feel years yeah. older as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, cut the crap. I mean, I have two little kids, man. I, I feel uh, decades older. <laughs> no, no, just that helps also. Hey, but, uh, <laughs> The, the last time we spoke to you, I think you were at home or something or in an office. And now the scenery, man, where are you? I mean, it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's a bit blurred, but we saw, yeah, your, uh, yeah, your background. Yeah, New York. It's a Chrysler awesome. building by now. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so great. So you're, you're at what floor are you? 64th. So. 64th floor. And you're not afraid of heights? <laughs> Apparently not. Huh? Seems safe here. <laughs> Uh, it's so crazy, man. I mean, I was at the Eiffel Tower in Paris once 
And I mean, yeah, it's 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 different than a big uh, skyscraper, obviously. So it's just with, uh, yeah, what well, was it, a fence or it, 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 yeah, it looked like it wasn't it wasn't that safe, but it was safe, obviously. But man, I had uh, I had goosebumps and I was so afraid of falling down. And you can't fall down, obviously. I mean, it's it's stupid to think you can fall down from the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> but I still I was so afraid of that height. Last and week they jumped from the Eiffel Tower again. Yeah, yeah, yeah the parachute, right? Yeah. And wow, I remember um, we talked with Jose Lemus, um, Steph. He was also uh, from Ebex. He was also in a tall building. Was yeah, he was in Miami, but I, it wasn't the 64th no. floor. I mean, uh, it was uh, <laughs> like the tw- uh, 21st floor or something. Yeah, you know, great yeah, number, yeah, obviously. Still but, uh, <laughs> far enough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm six yeah, high. Nice, so, yeah, so, so re- real nice scenery, man. I uh, yeah, we, it, it, I think uh, no one of our guests can compete with this uh, with this scenery. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> and with <laughs> Bitcoin, pretty insane. Yeah. The, the sky isn't the limit, right? So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you, you did That's attend true. the Oslo Freedom Forum in uh, in June. Uh, yeah. How was it? Because um, yeah, there there are some similarities to the um, the Bitcoin uh, conferences, obviously, because it's about privacy and and human mm. rights uh, uh, and also. But but can you tell us uh, from from your um, mm. yeah, point of view? Uh, did you enjoy the conference? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, the stuff discussed there in the talks are just way more important than most Bitcoin conferences in a way, right? You see this sort of here and now, what, yeah, what happening, what's happening in the world. Um, but also the last day of the conference is, um, there's a stage dedicated to Bitcoin, a lot of stories, how Bitcoin has helped today and what they're using it for. And, uh, yeah, a lot of examples. So it's, um, I would say it's one of the best conferences and everybody should visit it at least once. Perfect. And yeah, I mean, yeah, what was the, um, uh, the the opinion from the people that didn't came there for, for, for Bitcoin? I mean, uh, were there some orange pill moments or did you spoke to people that weren't a Bitcoiner and left the, the conference as a Bitcoiner or do you have some examples for that? I was uh, too busy speaking with Bitcoiners, sadly. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was also coming right from, from Prague, uh, the conference there. And um, yeah, I was just in, in sort of the Bitcoin space uh, mindset, I guess. But uh, I think there were a lot of people who learned a lot from uh, from the different sessions. Yeah, perfect. So, but you're not coming to Bitcoin Amsterdam, yeah. so that's a pity, man. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's more like a maybe. Um, okay. So I'm going to TabConf, uh, and then uh, um, this is going to be quite sort of close to that. So yeah. yeah, I'm a bit unsure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's also a great conference. But uh, we're hosting there uh, at Bitcoin Amsterdam two uh, nights in a row, um, a meetup. Oh. And the first one is about Nostr. It's the night before the conference. And then on the 12th, uh, we have another um, uh, meetup there. So if you can manage, then of course, you're welcome. <laughs> Everybody's welcome, of course. Uh, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's we we it's held at uh, one of the best barbecue places in Amsterdam, yeah. it's, and it's at walking distance from the venue where the conference is held. So if you're I'm convinced by I... now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, book, I was my, just I saying, my ticket after this. <laughs> and if they change the dates, then Tefconf would be also great to uh, to able to uh, manage them both, of course. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Looking forward uh, to to Dabconf and and also uh, like if I can make it, I might make some space uh, just to, to head to Amsterdam as well. 
You're most welcome cool. there. So um, yeah. Well, for for the audience, maybe it's good to mention mm-hmm. Edward. It's good that you mentioned the uh, the meetups. You can go to meetup.com, and I think it's forward slash connect the world, right? That's yeah. our meetup yeah, page, I right? I think Edward? it's and right. Yeah. If you are um, yeah, attending the conference, we would really love to see you guys uh, at the uh, at the meetup. So if you uh, don't have it in your agenda already, then uh, look it up at meetup.com forward slash connect the world. world is it correct yeah. edward yeah it's, <laughs> okay, okay. It's just correct. verifying yeah it is and um yeah just uh yeah yeah uh, put it in the agenda yeah we have an, um, an, um, a page there we have uh, more than 180 uh, people up up there and uh, counting up so yeah, everybody last, last time i think there were 300 uh, yeah, plus it was people. amazing <laughs> it was <crazy. laughs> everybody was, was there but it's great yeah. to to be able to wow. talk with uh, with your peers uh, about lightning and about noster and uh, all the things that are going on and about yeah, the, the yeah, whole yeah. day of the conference of course yeah mm. Yeah, and connected. There's so many different developers and Bitcoiners and um, building in the space around the world. And these conferences is an opportunity to actually meet people in person. I think yeah. we have gotten so used to to these remote meetings uh, <laughs> yeah. that it's almost yeah. like, yeah, uh, meeting people in person is sort of this extraordinary event. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, especially people from around the globe, right? I mean. Uh, now, for instance, if if you are attending and we can have a beer, and then it would be also nice to to see each other in person. And it's that's yeah. uh, I think it's also for the all the other guests we have from uh, around the globe. We have people from yeah, really every time zone. So uh, it's it's yeah, it's hard to meet meet each other in person. And I think that uh, th- those hmm. uh, conferences are. Uh, yeah, a very good uh, opportunity to yeah. do so. So, uh, so we have a maybe from absolutely. you, uh, Hen- Henrik. So it would be great. We have a maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to sell me think, over here more and more. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I think we just need to send the menu of the uh, Bry, uh, the barbecue uh, place. Uh, <laughs> Let's do that open. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Close hey, the deal. Note management still, as I asked you, note management still too, too stressful. And you said no, um, but I saw a tweet of you. I think it was a couple of months ago, and then you said, "Well, node management is still too stressful." And what 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 changed in in, in between? Perhaps uh, a solution. <laughs> yeah, Troy point one, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the uh, it's getting easier and easier, and it depends on what kind of operation you're running. I mean, yeah. routing nodes of various sizes. It also depends on on sort of um, your proficiency in in different lightning concepts and operating nodes. Um, that being said, we're with Torque. We're working more towards um, large operations, large companies operating multiple nodes yeah. um, for usage like um, payment processing or exchanges and such things. And for those, it's a whole set of different challenges that maybe. The regular uh, plebs, I would say, like um, routing node operators, don't see yet. Um, so, for example, managing multiple nodes in in the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you guys, uh, yeah. So so torque is the new thing, right? Because uh, um, yeah, that's the we we also spoke to you about Allen Capital, but it will be torque in the in the near future. Yeah, so we're rebranding to torque, uh, and that's essentially. Uh, a few reasons. One is that Torque has always been the tool and we're just focusing on Torque. So it made sense not to have that distinction anymore. And secondly, yeah. I've gotten a question uh, 
too many times like what companies are investing in and like no yeah, we, yeah. we're not a, yeah we're but not i can imagine company. that yeah. <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah. that Allen capital well it, it yeah it has a little bit of a vc it's in the name uh, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, and uh, the url as well ln.capital is like all vcs have the dot capital domain right <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, man. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's talk about Torque then. Um, it's it's also it's, it's a nice name, right? Torque. It's yeah, it's a p- power uh, power name. Yeah. So um, yeah, exactly. let's talk about uh, like Torque, and it has to be in the twenty-one minutes, uh, Rick, as you know. So uh, if you are ready, we would really love to enter the power. So has happened since last time we talked. We've um, we've talked to more and more companies, and we see the need for not only node management, but we're building out a more uh, holistic set of tools. Uh, and we're actually moving away from the term node management because node management is just one part of this. It's just, um, first of all, people associated with Ride the Lightning and Thunder Up, and that's a different set of tools. Like it's mm-hmm. opening channels and closing channels and changing fees, et cetera, um, manually. And that's, um, that's a small part of Torque. Um, but we call that more like basic node management. And then we have several other modules like the automation and we have sort of insights and analytics and we're building up more and more of these modules. So the point is essentially that we're moving towards the concept of lightning resource planning where we, we're helping companies to take more and more work off their hands that is related to building these basic standard things that it doesn't make sense for each of these companies to build individually constantly. Cool. And uh, Torque is aiming to be a user-friendly lighting node management tool in an uh, earlier FCTW episodes, Connect the World episode, you mentioned more about the development and motivation behind the uh, uh, development of Torque. Can you explain again in a short way what what the Torque is? Yeah, so... <clears throat> um, yeah, Torque is a user-friendly node management tool, but that's just one part of it. You can say that as as this um, industry progress, there will be more and more people who are non-technical. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that the entire use of Torque is going to be something that no developer is going to be involved in. This is a system that is uh, an increasing degree meant to be run um, not just on a server, which people do today, but also part of a Kubernetes cluster. So it spins yeah. up with their entire system of nodes and all that. Um, and people connect it. Uh, we're also building out like a, a mid-layer API for people. So there is uh, certain parts of it that is meant for developers. But um, yeah, the, a lot of these functions that is going to be done is essentially through uh, their financial decisions, their business decisions. So people operating in different divisions of a company like finance or uh, accounting, uh, yeah, different functions there need to interact and see certain data and have access to certain data. Um, so yeah, it's it's not just going to be us who love Lightning uh, interacting with mm-hmm. us. It needs to be accessible to other people as well. Yeah. And well, uh, Torque then ensures that capital isn't uh, standing still and uh, automatically adjusting uh, channel fees and rebalance while you sleep. Uh, do you think that in the future uh, this will become uh, the only logical way to manage lighting nodes, that it just isn't necessary to do it manually? So um, <clears throat> I think that's the use case which we're thinking about now, uh, especially from sort of the consumer direction where 
um, you want all this to be automated or you're running a routing node to, to make money and you want as much as possible there to be automated. And that's, of course, an important part. But imagine if you're a large company, um, if you have a large public node, then one of the main challenges is closing channels that aren't yeah. useful or liquidity is stuck on your side of the channel, right? Um, but you also want uh, different types of warnings. Uh, you want um, uh, custom messages appearing or being sent to you in in, um, uh, in cases where, um, yeah, quite sort of um, specific setups. So it is it is a bit different case where if you are a LSP provider or you are a payment processor, you have different concerns. You don't need a solution that takes care of absolutely everything for you because well, if that exists, then we have some AI, all-knowing AI, be doing everything for <laughs> you, right? <laughs> um, so it's more True. about running a large operation. While consumers, and I think this is where most of the Lightning industry is working, is working towards making Lightning accessible for everyone uh, or for normal businesses. What, what we're doing is we're helping Lightning companies or companies wanting to run nodes themselves for business purposes uh, use... Um, set up a lightning operation without having to build everything from scratch. Yeah. And um, amongst the list of other things, the newest release of uh, Torque is uh, version 1.0, if I'm well. Yeah. Uh, implemented the uh, the open LSP spec for allowing users to buy channels from different uh, LSPs. So it's ideal when a channel is uh, depleted. Can you explain how this works? Yeah, sure. So we're about to release um, 1.1 uh, with the second oh. version of the spec. So the first one implemented a simple HTTP version of it. Uh, the second will have the full spec of it. And yeah, it will include uh, the ability for you to sell channels. So if you're running a larger node, you, you can actually advertise that you're selling channel and become an LSP using the LSP spec instantly. Um, and then also use the automation system we have, uh, essentially a decision engine, to to set up the rules for how much it costs. So, classic example is if you have a set of customers that um, you know, perhaps because they are part of your self-custodial wallet setup, then you can give those free channels while you sell channels to to external parties. Uh, you can, of course, create much more advanced example like charging less for large channels and smaller channels, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, and you also added uh, HTLC firewalls uh, for force enclosure uh, prevention. Settling on chain, of course, can be very expensive. Uh, how are you guys tackling the problem uh, with the new function? Hmm. So this is part of the the extension of the automation system we have. So there's two part of it. One is the the increased uh, HTLC. Yeah. Um, or like new HLC features. The other is logging. So right now, just to cover logging first, we all events, like all every time a workflow is triggered, we create a log in the background and you can now inspect that visually and you can see the entire decision tree um, of that uh, sort of automation workflow and see exactly which channels were filtered, what happened, which uh, changes were applied. So this is really important for several reasons. One is that for HLC events, uh, you want to see that the logic works as you expect because the changes and the effects that happen are quite sort of subtle. Um, the second thing is if you if you have an automation flow that closes all channels by accident, that's very, very bad. So you want to check when you make this uh, automation flow so that you don't do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, circling back to, to the HLC question. So... Um, it's part of the workflow where you set the data source to be HTLC events uh, and data. 
and you can uh, set up filters based on that. So either the, the amount of the HLC or frequency, or you can set up um, what channel the HLC comes in from or out to. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, when, when you're forwarding payments, you have a very uh, high degree of control for what type of behavior you accept. And with that, you can limit um, the, the danger of somebody trying to flood your channels with activity. And you can also limit the amount of outstanding uh, um, pending um, HTLC forwards. So the impact of that is in times where maybe there's, um, we saw that a bit when the fee on-chain increased, there were an effect, mm. I'm not sure why, where we saw an increase in force closures. Closures. And if you you have uh, a channel with a lot of pending HTLC and a very high on-chain fee, um, uh, SAT per rebyte fee, then the force closures gets very, very expensive because you have to then close, you have to do multiple on-chain transactions essentially. So the, the impact of that is um, much, much higher. And another new feature is an easy interface to move funds between nodes. Uh, ideal when running multiple Lightning nodes. I can recollect talking with uh, Alex Borswood in an earlier, earlier episode about creating some uh, kind of tunnel between uh, uh, channels uh, for, your, for two of your own nodes. Uh, but uh, perhaps it works differently. So can you elaborate how mm -hmm. it works in the newest version of, uh, of Torque? Yeah. So this is something we haven't added to the automation yet, but you have a manual feature where you can say, um, I want to, I have a channel between two of my nodes and very common setup is that you have some nodes with public channels. Uh, let's say you're a payment processor or you're an exchange. So you have one public node that has a lot of inbound capacity. So that node is mainly used to receive payments. And then <clears throat> once, um, when you send, you very often have a smaller node that is sort of unannounced with a lot of private channels and this one is used to send well that means that the the amount of money often ends up on your side of um, sort of one node and not the other so you can actually move this function to i use this function to very quickly move funds either on chain or off chain to the other side to the other node um so yeah there's there's multiple ways to use this feature, but it's essentially just a very quick way to do it with a smooth interface to move money back and forth. Um, cool. But of course, with automation, this is even easier. <laughs> yeah, uh, everything will be automated. Though. Indeed. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I mean, the, like the edge cases is something you need to react to, but everything that's something that happens uh, uh, like yeah, very often, you want to automate and. There, it is completely possible to build sort of small automation scripts for all of this. But if you're a company, you don't really want to spend time on that. And you want to build products that your customers just love, right? Yeah, and sure. you need to spend, yeah, you want absolutely. to spend all your, your power on that yeah. instead of, um, yeah, building small automation stuff that you can use Torque for. Yeah, that's right. Oh. And it's now also, also possible uh, to subscribe to paid version of Torque. Uh, what are the main benefits of the subscription? Hmm. Um, yeah, so we have essentially set a limit. So if you're a smaller-ish node, uh, so most people won't have to pay, but we have set a limit that if you're either a large routing node or you are a business operating, which typically has multiple nodes, um, and mostly just businesses have multiple nodes and operate multiple nodes actively, um, then you need to pay. Uh, so there we have sort of different pricing packages, but yeah, we, um, we got to make some money so we can build Torque. Uh, yeah. Sure. Essentially. 
Yeah. And what are some other new features? We, we've talked about a couple of features uh, in, in version uh, um, 1.0 1.1 already. Uh, are there some mm. other new features worth mentioning that are implemented in this newest mm. version of, of Torque? I mean, um, the automation logging is something we spent a long time building in this release. And it's, it's very, very important. I think we're the first solution where you can really see what's happening in any given automation. Uh, so that's something I want to, uh, I mean, pull extra attention to. Um, we also have the ability in this version to see exactly which uh, channels belong to which nodes, for example. So you can see it very easily instead of looking up the name of the different node that channels belong to. You can see that with a colored bar on each of the channels, for example. So there's a lot of small changes around that. Um, uh, yeah, that improve that. So yeah, HLC interception, automation logging, and more automation features was some of the heaviest thing to, to build into this release. And what other uh, future features are you working on uh, for the future and especially for uh, businesses or big uh, businesses with multiple nodes? Uh, are there any things mm. that you uh, have on a wish list or something? Um, yes, uh, not going to go too <laughs> deeply into some of these things. Of course. <laughs> it's, um, <still laughs> but, um, We're entering yeah, secret the, territory, Edward. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, yeah, we're, we're focusing on what these large, larger companies and startups uh, actually yeah. need as well. We're, we're there to help this along. So if anybody runs a company and wants to talk to us, we're happy to hop on a call and, and figure out what do you guys want. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And let's talk about uh, Scaling Lightning also, because not so long ago you started an initiative for Scaling Lightning. Um, what led you, what, what is the initiative for, for at mm -hmm. first and what led you to start this uh, initiative? Yeah, so I started looking at and to refactor our internal testing tools. And I figured out that there's a lot of different companies who's built very similar to solutions to what we had originally as well in Torque. And it doesn't make sense again for each company in the world to, to build that testing tool. And it is sort of complicated uh, in a way to to get started, especially with reliable end-to-end -end tests. So the project started there, but it evolved a bit into becoming a tool that, uh, the goal is create a, a, a tool that is sort of in the industry agreed upon that we spend resources uh, together on to develop something that can be used by researchers to do tests um, on the network, for example, testing payment congestion. Uh, and then you have, you can also use it to, um, to test cross uh, implementation support. So CLN and LND implement uh, like uh, support. That is something that there has from time to time been numerous um, bugs uh, related to that because it has been a bit tricky to test this. Um, also new like LND, for example, is interested in seeing increased testing. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, CLN, like all the different uh, implementations are interested in this. Uh, and then lastly, we, um, we have two more, which is when a company develops Lightning applications, they need to have a dev environment that has some nodes that they can interact with. Yeah. Uh, and last thing is end-to-end -end tests for um, setting that up and writing test scenarios that you can run over and over again. So this um, is essentially, sounds like it, covers a lot and sounds like it's trying to cover all problems out there <laughs> and sort of yeah but it does that in a way where we broke in everything into small components so to become 
be a bit technical, it essentially uses a simple way to spin up a Kubernetes uh, instance, either locally or in a cloud. And it runs that in the same way, where you can have multiple nodes, any set of nodes you want, just list them up. Uh, and then you have a very standard interface to communicate with them very simply that you can do either via the terminal or through like a library you install, yeah. like an SDK almost. Um, and all of this is sort of exported to you in a very, very simple way. Um, and since it is built up the way it is with Kubernetes and these sort of configurations, you can very easily switch out every different components of this and use very standard parts. So it can be extended very easily, it can be customized very easily, uh, and you can test the latest uh, LND, CLN, LDK setup you want, uh, all these different things without it sort of becoming this huge job of building out or extending something. It's just very, very easy, small components. Yeah, for listeners who don't know what Kubernetes is, it's an open source container uh, orchestration system for automating software deployment. So that that is really the heart of of uh, how how it works, right? Be, uh, to uh, be able to pull up a test environment and to uh, have it very quickly put up um, multiple nodes uh, for testing. That because Polar, exactly. I, I I know Polar uh, because we talked about it earlier uh, a little bit. Is also a great playground to yeah learn about Lightning Network. What are the key uh, differences? Because they are huge, I think, uh, between scaling Lightning and Polar. Yeah, so I think Polar uses um, Docker Compose or something in the in the background. Yeah. Polar is a bit more rigid and it's built around a um, <clears throat> a um, interface. So I think it uses TypeScript a lot to sort of compose these different setups and new nodes, et cetera. And the, we wanted something that's much easier to spin up and kill. And of course, something you can use as part of your end-to-end -end test, which is not really possible with yeah. um, Polar. And we looked at repurposing or adding to Polar or doing something there, forking it. And um, we figured out that Essentially, what, what people have been doing with these custom setups uh, for testing and with Polar is that they try to replicate the ability to spin up different configurations of nodes. And this is something Kubernetes is built for. Yeah. So instead of fighting uh, with and sort of wrangling all this setup manual, we just use Kubernetes, especially now that you can run Kubernetes locally very easily. So for example, Docker Desktop just has a checkbox and it starts Kubernetes in the background. And you can just, like we have on the, um, on the GitHub, we have commands for just running through to, to set it up. And when you start a network, it's just one command, like apply, Helm file apply, easy. right? Yeah, exactly. So, so this enables um, a way of working both as a developer and end-to-end tests that is, much more streamlined you don't have any manual sort of setup anymore and you can just kill the entire setup and reboot it the exact same way every time and is this environment also able to gather new users to learn more about uh, the lighting network or yeah so of course there's a bit higher um uh, sort of threshold but if you are a developer um then this is easy to get running and i think it's easier to interact with uh, when you have multiple nodes and maybe other setups. Of course, Polar is the ultimate uh, super simple way where you can see what's happening visually and you can do 
basically most commands visually by clicking through the UI, like basic commands, I mean, like opening channels and payments, etc. So that's probably the best way to just start to learn the basics. But um, yeah, this is sort of the next step when you really want to build something. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you've set some project milestones. Can you take us through it and shine a light uh, on the most important ones and, and when uh, and what we can expect in the future? Yeah. So, um, if I remember everything correctly now, <laughs> um, it's a bit <laughs> it's of time since I wrote this. <laughs> because so, scaling lightning all, is I'm... for every implement implementation, right? Of light lightning. So Eclair, yeah. LND, Core Lightning, it's, it's very ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. So again, the way, way we do this is keeping everything on its own separate thing and defining very simple standard interface, but still leaving mostly sort of heavy interaction up to you so you can import connection details, but you have ultimate control. But for the, the milestones, so Max Edwards has been working on this for some time now. Uh, I've done a bit of uh, contributions, mostly on uh, talking about the infrastructure, like the um, the um, architecture, yep. uh, but he's done the bulk of the work so far. and. He, um, the, the way we chose to, to set it up is that we wanted to first get a way to start up these, all these nodes. So that's the first milestone using Kubernetes to spin it up. Next one is having this sort of unified client that works in the same way across all implementations. And again, this is possible because it's super, super simple. We have a basic command, basic commands. Uh, and then the next step is having that library that you can either interact with uh, through terminal or in your own software. And that should be implemented in like every major language. So JavaScript, um, uh, Go is the first one, Rust is popular and uh, so on. Um, and then after that, once we have those pieces, um, the next goal is to create a random generator. And there has been some development there. So we want to enable uh, the ability to create random set of behavior very easily that you can spin up as part of your dev environment, for example. But, but also enable it to have different personas, as we call it. So essentially, you want one that behaves like um, Bitfinex, massive amount of channels, or one that behaves yeah. as a small writing node, and such and so on. I hear the TikTok, so yeah. we have, uh, yeah. I think we only have one question <laughs> left. So what do you need at this time to grow uh, Scaling Lightning? Hmm. So yeah, Max um, can't work for free forever. <laughs> he needs <laughs> no. a bit of uh, help. He needs... Um, Basically, companies to pitch in, uh, individual developers need grants, uh, and yeah. uh, he needs, um, yeah, a bit of money to work on this. Open source development, uh, somebody pays the price, right? Either it's developer yeah, sure. suffering, yeah, or it's somebody helping out. And then he can have... Is he already on Geyser, that fund, for instance, or other funding platforms? Sorry, I couldn't hear. There was a gong going off. <laughs> there was a, there was a really hard gong. Is 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 the project already on Geyser or other um, crowdfunding platforms? Actually, that's a very good point. We'll get it up on on Geyser today. Of yeah, course, uh, that's okay. a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Every yeah. project Happy starts to plant there. the seed. <laughs> yeah. Now, great uh, work you're doing all there. Um, uh, thanks for your answers. And, and of course, we had a lot more questions, but this, these two topics, uh, Torque, um, uh, all the things you're working on and with Scaling Lightning, it's uh, really amazing. So uh, yeah, thanks Thank again. You. It's good. Thanks. Connected Lumia.
Yeah, we have one question left Indeed. for you, Henrik. Um, and you may choose yourself because we prepared three questions from previous guests or people we like from within the Lightning Space. Um, we, you can choose from uh, Alex Gladstein. No, well, he's from the Human Rights Foundation, also from the Oslo Freedom Forum. Maybe he can uh, give grants uh, with HRF. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, or we have Arel Edelsnor. He's from uh, Primer Bitcoin. Or uh, Dea uh, Reskita, and she's from uh, Indonesian Bitcoin Conference. Which one will it be? Alex Gladstein. Hi. All right. Okay. Hi, my name is Alex Gladstein from the Human Rights Foundation. My question is, in 2050, do you think it'll be possible for everyone in the world, all the billions of people, to self-custody their own Bitcoin? Oof. Difficult 2050. That's far into the future. Um, <laughs> no. And I don't think it's necessary either. So I think you need the escape uh, ability. But yeah, I, th okay. I think not everybody needs it. Well, okay, so so the people who are just lack, less tech-savvy, they will always um, keep their Bitcoin or at least the, 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 the Bitcoin they're using for making daily payments uh, custodial in your no, opinion? No, so it's, it's less about that. I think it becomes easier and easier and in the end, extremely easy to self-custody. Um, you got to remember that internet, any usage of internet a long while back, it was extremely difficult and now people don't even think about it. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I think it's more about who needs it if like decentralization has a huge cost that isn't free right it's it's expensive in different ways so um although there will be higher capacity um what is the expense to have it work that way so i hope everybody can use it that way but i don't think they need or have to and will yeah Fair point. Freedom of choice and perhaps not necessary yeah. then. Yeah. Connetti yeah. il mondo. Well, thanks again, uh, Henrik. And uh, yeah, I'm really jealous at, uh, again at, at, at the place you're, uh, you're at now. <laughs> We could, well, yeah. Gotta I visit. mean, I have some, some, uh, some, uh, some fear of heights, but I think, uh, well, that, uh, that office will, will suit me well also. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> there's there's uh, floor to ceiling windows here. So. <laughs> oh, thinking, well, that so. makes, it, makes it even harder for me. You know? <laughs> hey, where, where can people follow you, man? Yeah, um, so we just switched our um, Twitter handle to uh, torque underscore, no, torque uh, LN. Um, and just decided that now, actually, <laughs> torque LN. <laughs> But um, we, um, uh, yeah, and um, Scaling Lightning is on uh, at Scaling LN. Yeah, uh, so you can follow that there. Also want to point out that Scaling Lightning is completely separate from Torque, nothing to do with the company. It's a complete open okay. source uh, project. Uh, and I'll be speaking about that also on uh, uh, Adopting Bitcoin and uh, TabConf now, September. Great. Cool. Well, nice. We will check it out. Thanks again. And uh, thanks, of course, uh, for listening to everybody else. And thanks uh, to all members participating again in the Satoshi Radio Rings of Fire. And of course, thanks to everyone helping to connect the world with us. If you like our content, then please support us in our mission. Visit our website, connectworld.live, where you can also donate and subscribe, like, and share our, favorites, uh, our content on your favorite platform. 
So we need you to complete our mission, connect the world. So keep those notes running, sets flowing and rings burning. And see you all next week on this same Lightning Channel. Uh, namaste, uh, Henrik. <laughs> see you, Henrik. <laughs>